Hello, and welcome to today's Unpacked Short. I'm Charlie Pickles, I'm Managing Editor here at Unheard, and I am joined by our Unpacked Guru, Peter Franklin. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Peter. So today we are talking about one of my absolute favourite topics, which is taxing wealth. Uh, And specifically, we are talking about how you could introduce a land value tax. Now, Peter, I'm going to come to you in a second to ask you to explain uh, for our listeners exactly what a land value tax is. But it's worth us just putting this in the context of saying that, you know, we are living through an era where we have a very high level of wealth inequality, distinct from income inequality. Mm. But actually, if you look at the UK, for example, um, the wealthiest 10% of people own 45% of the nation's wealth and and the bottom 50%, so half of the country, um, owns less than 10%. So we've got a real challenge here around um, where wealth, who holds wealth, um, the imbalance there. And so that brings us on to talking about land, because of course, land, homes, you know, buildings are one of the key assets that make up wealth. So what then, Peter, would a land value tax look like? Well, unsurprisingly, a land value tax taxes the value of land. And that really just means the land itself, not whatever is built on it. Um, And one of the key advantages of it is that it doesn't penalise you for productively developing the land. Um, You know, someone who just sits on a piece of land, um, just hoping it will increase in value and just speculating that way, will be hit with just as um, big a tax as someone who builds a house or an office block on it. And that's because um, the value that we assess the land at is the kind of optimal value. So it, it's it's the value that it would hold were it developed into whatever the most appropriate well, it's, type it's, of land it's it is. the market value of it. It's what you could sell it for. And the land value tax will each year tax you a percentage of that. Um, And under some versions of the tax, you know, that's not, you don't have to have to pay that until you actually sell the land, in which case it will roll up those years of, of, of tax that you haven't paid yet. And so then, a sort of deferred model. So if you don't have right, the, yes. if you're sort of asset rich or land rich but income poor, you can you can just defer and pay at the point at which you get the income, the value of that land. That's right. And quite possibly you could have a substantial allowance and maybe exempt um, you know, sort of first homes from it altogether. But otherwise, you know, you'd be liable for a tax on whatever land you held. And there are, um, it's worth mentioning, I think, quite a few countries that do have a land value tax. So um, Estonia, Denmark, Finland, Australia, these are all countries that already have uh, land value taxes in place. And and as you say, um, there are a kind of sort of set of criteria if you like a, you know a certain number of exemptions kind of higher rates for certain things yeah. you might have a lower rate for example for agricultural land yes. uh, and a higher rate for uh, vacant urban lots something like that because you mm. want to target particular places for development whereas other areas other types of land you might be fairly happy just yes. you know, for them to be left well agricultural land if that's all you're allowed to use it for under the planning system will be worth less um, you know, its market value will be less. So any percentage of much less is obviously going to be a much lower tax liability. So, you know, that's the nice thing about it is that it really does reflect the value of the asset. That's the whole point of it. Okay, perfect. 
So the question is, why are we talking about this in this Unpacked Short? Okay, well, this is a review of a new, sort of quite um, exciting, influential book, um, which is out at the moment, called Radical Markets. It's by the economists um, Glenn uh, Vale and Eric Posner. Um, and they've got all sorts of kind of radical policies in there to you know, get capitalism going again. And one of them is really quite a steep um, land value tax, which would be 7% um, of the value of the land um, liable um, to be paid annually. Um, that is quite swinging, actually. Um, but they'd take all the proceeds and put it into a a kind of wealth fund and pay it out to every person. So it's not the government taking the value, but um, it'll be something that goes out to everyone else. So a big redistribution of wealth. And, you know, I guess the the point of that, and I suppose why the idea of a sort of citizen's wealth fund, if we can call it that, Mm. um, is quite attractive is because, you know, on the whole, a great part of the value uh, of land is derived from collective activity. So it's, you know, the, t- the taxpayer's expenditure on good quality roads or good quality schools nearby. That's right, you know, it's yes. kind of the policing that makes a community safe that yes. pushes up the price of land and homes in that area. So, you know, by having that type of wealth fund, it means that actually we all, as citizens, get back some of the investment that we have put in which generates the exactly. value. If a tube station, a new tube line, um, new metro line opens up, then all of the lands adjoining goes up in value because it becomes that much more productive. But the landowner did absolutely nothing to make it happen. Therefore, why should they get exclusive rights to the uplift in land value? And the great thing about a land value tax is that it does share it in some fashion. Which is actually a point that many great economists uh, in history, and indeed a former Prime Minister, Winston Churchill, uh, has previously made. Mm. So, okay, so get what a land value tax is, 7%, pretty high. I mean, most other countries have a sort of maximum, maximum level of about 2.5%. But but let's park the exact kind of percentage for the moment, because we we get the principle. Um, And in your Unpacked, uh, you discuss some comments that... uh, Sam Bowman in CapEx uh, has on, yes. on the idea. Yes. Um, and he, he posits that actually a tax wouldn't be the best route. So if we're worried about um, land banking, land speculation, you know, we're worried about underdevelopment, um, there are better, better approaches, better policy levers than a tax. And what do you think about that, Peter? Well, he says, yes, well, why don't you just use compulsory purchase if there's someone just trying to stop a, a train, new train line or new road being built and has, has got a piece of land in the way. Um, well, yes, you could, you could do that, um, but that's not really the point here. The point here is making sure that uplifts and land values are captured for the common good when it's actually a collective um, effort that makes that land valuable in the first place. It's also worth mentioning that, you know, something like a compulsory purchase order or that kind of approach is quite anti-property rights, whereas a tax is saying you can keep the property. We we respect the fact that's your mm, property, yes. but then you have to pay 
as you were saying, um, to reflect the fact that you're benefiting from value that other people have created. So actually, you know, if you do believe in in more of a kind of free market, um, you know, individual property rights model, then it seems very odd that you would prefer something like compulsory purchase over a relatively yes. low level of tax. I think it's fairer as well because it's something that's generally done rather than a particular tool that may or may not be applied in certain certain circumstances. So it treats everyone equally. Or rather it treats those who've been lucky enough to own land um, equally. Yes. Okay, so one of the biggest criticisms, and you know, I've looked at this before, in fact, we produced an audio documentary looking at how you could tax wealth and an LVT, a land value tax, was one of the things we explored. And one of the criticisms that you hear, or rather one of the challenges that people put forward is, this is all very well, but in a country where we don't have, you know, a particularly good record of even who owns the land, mm. never mind mm. how much it might be worth, you know, there are significant kind of practical barriers to introducing this, but it is something that the authors of the book do uh, tackle. Yes, their idea, and I don't know if it's their original idea or whether they've got it from, from other people, is that the landowner will value their own land, you know, like self-assessment of income, right? But the twist is that... The brilliance, the, the brilliance idea. of it is that the states would have the right to buy the land at whatever value it's been self-assessed at. So that provides a really good incentive not to undervalue your land. So that's that's a rather elegant policy proposal there. Okay, but but you identify what you think are some quite big holes and have a alternative approach that you want to suggest. Yes, I mean it's 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 one of these sort of, you know, sort of theoretically pure thing that economists tend to go for. The trouble with it is that it would discriminate discriminate against people, especially small landowners. Um, that don't have the expertise to value their land properly and will probably sort of err on the side of caution and overvalue it to protect themselves from being, you know, sort of expropriated. Um, And I think a better way would be for the state to value it, but um, the twist being that the um the, the the land owner would have the right to sell it to the state and that would stop the state from overvaluing, overvaluing it right and therefore overtaxing the the land the landowner so i think that would be a fairer system and i think that actually the state ought to know you know whether whether it's a national government or a city government ought to know the value of the land in the area it's responsible for because that's a really key economic indicator and it's it's something that needs to be fully incorporated into all sorts of policy making it's also just the basics of being able to be an effective planner in any community absolutely absolutely thank you so much peter um definitely a policy that i think both you and i would strongly support uh though maybe there'd be some differences in the specific application and Hmm. the way it was designed uh but certainly something which we would encourage the government to be looking at um thank you all for listening uh we very much appreciate it and please do subscribe if you haven't already to our unheard podcast we also have the weekly podcast as well as the audio documentaries um and as i mentioned we have actually got one which touches on land value taxes uh, which is focused on um, saving capitalism by taxing wealth. Mm-hmm.